Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God. Book of Psalms, Psalm 112, beginning at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there rises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He is dispersed abroad. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Verses 1 through 10, all of Psalm 112. Father, thank you for your sovereignty over our world and our nation. Thank you for your sovereignty over each of our individual lives. And thank you for the opportunity we have of being able to know you, walk with you, and serve you in this world as kingdom warriors, wherever you've called us to. Father, pour out your spirit of revival mightily upon your church. Pour out your spirit of mercy and revival upon us as a nation, Lord. Father, touch us as the church and as a nation, Lord. Help us as the church and as a nation to put you first. Help us, Lord, to make no graven images. Help us, Lord, to not take your name in vain. Help us, Lord, to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Help us, Lord, to honor our fathers and our mothers. Help us to not murder. Help us to not commit adultery. Help us to not steal. Help us to tell the truth. Help us to not covet. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in prayer at this time. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you today for our listening family and their faithfulness to listen and learn and respond in a way that pleases you. We give you all the honor and the glory for that. Father, we think of uh, our listeners who are incarcerated, those uh, that are in prison and uh, deal with so many issues. God, we pray that you will strengthen them, that you will um, give them courage to move forward in a way that brings you much honor. We thank you for those that are ministering to those in the prison. God, we pray that you will give them uh, great wisdom as uh, they reach out to them in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. On an ongoing basis, one of our goals on the broadcast of the Hour of Intercession is to encourage you and for the Holy Spirit to reach through this broadcast, to minister to you, to encourage you, to edify you as a disciple and follower of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so when we do share articles, our, our ongoing encouragement is that you'll email us to get copies of them so that you'll have them for your own personal uh, resource library to use for you in your own walk with the Lord, also to use as a discipleship tool for your family, but also our goal is that you'd pass them on, that you'd forward them to other fellow church members, members, extended members of your family, co-workers, 
saved individuals and unsaved persons as well. So again, it's a way that we can work together in God's kingdom to do the work of making disciples. So again, my email is joseph at afr.net. I want to take a moment now to share an article entitled The Wonderful Ministry of the Holy Spirit. Please email us to get a copy if you'd like it. Again, joseph at afr.net is the email. Again, the title, The Wonderful Ministry of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Again, John chapter 14, verse 26. And then Acts chapter 2, verses 1, starting at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Again, Acts chapter 2. Then Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Again, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, we the church are commanded, go, into, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The three persons of the Godhead, the Trinity, are God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and he is very present and busy throughout the Word, throughout the word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, the Holy Spirit is very active and involved. The Holy Spirit has a number of unique and very interesting names and or titles. Some of them are the Holy Ghost, the Helper, the Comforter, the Counselor, the Hand of God, the Breath of God. The Holy Spirit is a fire. He's a river. He's the anointing. He's the kingdom of God. He's the blessing. He is grace. He is spirit. And he is life. The list could go on and on. John chapter 14, verse 26. Every name or title of the Holy Spirit has great insight and meaning behind it. And believers could easily do a whole Bible study on each name or title of the Holy Spirit. We're very wise to consider and meditate on the titles and names of the Holy Spirit. Learning about, studying, and thinking on each name or title can be very enlightening and spiritually encouraging. Let's consider two of the titles that the Holy Spirit carries. The Holy Spirit is the Comforter. John chapter 14, verse 26 tells us, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said to you. Why do we need a Comforter, one might ask? Well, one reason that we need a Comforter is because so often life can hurt. Life can hurt. Life can bring pain, pressure, and difficulty. Life can, life can carry discomfort. It can sting. It can burn. Sadly, often people look for ways to alleviate the pain of life in many of the wrong places. Too many try to soothe their pain with alcohol, drugs, wrong relationships. Sometimes people indulge in unhealthy lifestyles just to try to numb the pains of life. We are 
Well, the blessed Holy Spirit can comfort us in ways that no one or nothing else can. When a person accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit, the source of all comfort, enters their heart and life. And with the Holy Spirit comes peace, joy, wisdom, and encouragement, to name just a few of the blessings of comfort that come with Him. Now, very often, we as believers have to find ourselves needing to stir up the Holy Spirit inside of us, in a sense, in order to sense and feel His presence. Yet He's always there. Reading the Word of God can stir up the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Praising and worshiping the Lord can do the same inside of us. Expressing your thanks and praise and gratitude to God can stir up the activity of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And as you stir Him up, we can receive and sense His comfort and encouragement. The Holy Spirit is a fire. The angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is Exodus chapter 3, verses 2 through 3. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. Again, Exodus chapter 3, verses 2 through 3. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. And then Acts Acts chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Again, Acts chapter 2, verses 2 to 4. The Holy Spirit is a fire, yet He is a supernatural fire. In the natural, fire burns, disintegrates, and consumes things. Yet the fire of the Holy Spirit does not consume but gives life, grace, and light to that which it lights upon. In Exodus chapter 3, the burning bush was not consumed, but it had the light of God on it, and it stood out and pointed Moses and the world, even today, to God. The Holy Spirit within the heart of a believer does the same thing. The fire of the Holy Spirit does not consume us, but it burns within us in, in a way that causes the world to be pointed to Christ through us and our lives. When the fire of the Holy Spirit is burning brightly with us, he gets the attention of the world and points the world to the Savior who lives inside of us. Our job is to live in such a way that the fire of the Holy Spirit within us is allowed to burn brightly and mightily. And this can happen daily through our lives as we continually, quote-unquote, add fuel to the fire of the Holy Spirit within us. Well, how do we do that? Allow me to share with you ways to do just that. Our life of faithful obedience to Christ and our intimate walk with Him determines how bright the fire of the Holy Spirit burns within each of us. Obedience to the Word of God can cause the fire of the Holy Spirit to become a bonfire within us. Neglecting to obey the Word of God and disobedience to the Word of God can cause the fire of the Holy Spirit within us to be quenched. See 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. When we as believers read and meditate on the Word of God daily, we're pouring fuel on the fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit within us. When we spend time in prayer daily, we pour fuel on the fire. When we praise and worship the Lord, give thanks to Him, we pour fuel 
on the fire. When we faithfully are involved daily and as a lifestyle in the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ and doing the work of making disciples, we pour fuel on the fire. When we obey the word of God, when we love people and give, give sacrificially of our time, our talent, and our treasure to bless others and minister to them, we pour fuel on the fire of the Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit is truly a fire that burns in the heart of every believer in the world, all over the world. Yet a very important question each of us are wise to ask is this. How big and bright does the fire of the Holy Spirit burn inside of me? The ball is in your court. Again, the title of this article is The Wonderful Ministry of the Holy Spirit. And if you'd like to get a copy, simply email us at joseph at afr.net. We'd be glad to share a copy with you again, joseph at afr.net, to get a copy. Father, we thank you once again for the wonderful and the powerful and the great and blessed ministry of the Holy Spirit working inside of us. Thank you for the opportunity we have of having the fire of the Holy Spirit to burn inside of us. Father, anoint us afresh with a spirit of grace and mercy that would stir us to desire to live in such a way that the Holy Spirit burns bright inside of us every day of our lives. Help us to recognize more and more the joy of obeying you, the joy of loving people and being a blessing to those around us, and thus also the blessing of having the Holy Spirit to burn brighter and brighter in us as we love people, as we share the gospel with people, as we make disciples and help people to grow up in their faith. Help us to recognize that every day is to live in such a way that the fire of the Holy Spirit will burn brighter in us today than he did even yesterday. And help us to recognize, Lord, that you let us know that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Help us to be believers who are a part of those available vessels that you can use every day to get your work done. And help us to live in such a way that literally every single day, the fire of your Holy Spirit burns brighter and brighter and brighter within us through our lives. Thank you for the chance to be vessels that you can use in that way. Thank you for the opportunity to be your hands and feet in this world. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. We'll be right back. i 
The music of Lincoln Brewster with more than amazing. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We continue reading through the Word of God as we pick up now the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, beginning at verse 1. Then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel, and he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. Also the Lord has said to me, You shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and their land, when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you, that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. So Moses wrote this law and delivered it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, at the appointed time in the year of release, at the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law and that their children who have, who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you cross the Jordan to possess. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, the days approach when you must die. Excuse me. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, the days approach when you must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tabernacle of meeting, that I may inaugurate him. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of meeting. Now the Lord appeared at the tabernacle in a pillar of cloud, and the pillar of cloud stood above the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you will rest with your fathers, and this people will rise and play the harlot with the gods of the foreigners of the land, where they go to be among them. And they will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be aroused against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured. And many evils and troubles 
shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, Have not these evils come upon us, because our God is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day, because of all the evil which they have done, in that they have turned to other gods. Now therefore, write down this song for yourselves, and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths, that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. When I have brought them to the land flowing with milk and honey, of which I swore to their fathers, and they have eaten and filled themselves and grown fat, then they will turn to other gods and serve them, and they will provoke me and break my covenant. Then it shall be, when many evils and troubles have come upon them, that this song will testify against them as a witness, for it will not be forgotten in the mouths of their descendants. For I know the inclination of their behavior today, even before I have brought them to the land of which I swore to give them. Therefore Moses wrote this song the same day and taught it to the children of Israel. Then he inaugurated Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong and of good courage, for you shall bring the children of Israel into the land of which I swore to them, and I will be with you, and I will be with you. So it was, when Moses had completed writing the words of this law in a book, when they were finished, that Moses commanded the Levites, who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law, and put it beside the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there as a witness against you. For I know your rebellion and your stiff neck. If today, while I am yet alive with you, you have been rebellious against the Lord, then how much more after my death? Gather to me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words in their hearing and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death you will become utterly corrupt and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands." Then Moses spoke in the hearing of all the assembly of Israel the words of this song until they were ended. Deuteronomy chapter 32 Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, as raindrops on the tender herb, and as showers and as showers on the grass, for I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. Is he. They have corrupted themselves, they are not his children, because of their blemish, a perverse and crooked generation. Do you thus deal with the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father who brought you? Has he not made you and established you? 
Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, and he will show you. Your elders, and they will tell you. When the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the place of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land, and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. So the Lord alone led him, and there was no foreign God with him. He made him ride in the heights of the earth, that he might eat the produce of the fields. He made him draw honey from the rock, and oil from the flinty rock, curds from the cattle, and milk of the flock, with fat of lambs, and rams of the bread of Bashan and goats, with the choicest of wheat, and you drank wine the blood of the grapes. But, Jesh but Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grew fat, you grew thick. You are obese. Then he forsook God who made him, and scornfully esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with foreign gods. With abominations they provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons, not to God, to gods they did not know, to new gods, new arrivals, that your fathers did not fear. Of the rock who begot you, you are unmindful, and have forgotten the God who fathered you. And when the Lord saw it, he spurned them, because of the provocation of his sons and his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end will be. For they are a perverse generation, children in whom is no faith. They have provoked me to jealousy by what is not God. They have moved me to anger by their foolish idols. But I will provoke them to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move them to anger by a foolish nation. For a fire is kindled in my anger and shall burn to the lowest hell. It shall consume the earth with her increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. I will heap disasters on them. I will spread my arrows on them. They shall be wasted with hunger, devoured by pestilence and bitter destruction. I will also send them I will also send against them the teeth of beasts, with the poison of serpents of the dust. The sword shall destroy outside. There shall be terror within, for the young man and virgin, the nursing child with the man of gray hairs. I would have said, I will dash them in pieces. I will make the memory of them to cease from among men. Had I not feared the wrath of the enemy, lest their adversaries should misunderstand, lest they should say, Our hand is high, and it is not the Lord who has done all this. 
for they are a nation void of counsel, nor is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. How could one chase a thousand, and two put ten thousand to flight, unless their rock had sold them, and the Lord had surrendered them? For their rock is not like our for their rock is not like our rock even our enemies themselves being judges. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of serpents and the cruel venom of cobras. Is this not laid up in store with me, sealed up among my treasures? Vengeance is mine and recompense, their foot shall slip in due time. For the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things to come hasten upon them. For the Lord will judge his people and have compassion on his servants. When he sees that their power is gone, and there is no one, and there is no one remaining, bond or free, he will say, Where are their gods, the rock in which they sought refuge? who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offering. Let them rise and help you and be your refuge. Now see that I, even I, am he, and there is no God besides me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Nor is there any who can, who can deliver from my hand, for I raise my hand to heaven and say, as I live forever, if I whet my glittering sword and my hand takes hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to my enemies and repay those who hate me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood, and my sword shall devour flesh with the blood of the slain and the captives from the heads of the leaders of, in of the enemy. From the heads of the leaders of the enemy. Rejoice, O Gentiles! with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and render vengeance to his adversaries. He will provide atonement for his land and his people. So Moses came with Joshua, the son of Nun, and spoke all the words of this song in the hearing of the people. Moses finished speaking all these words to all Israel, and he said to them, Set your hearts on all the words which I testify among you today. Verses 1 through 40, 44, Deuteronomy chapter 32. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we continue reading through the Word of God. We'll be right back.
group with all praise goes to you thanks for listening to the hour of intercession here on american family radio continue now reading through the word of god so we pick up in the new testament the gospel of john chapter 9 beginning at verse 1 now as jesus passed by he saw a man who was blind from birth and his disciples asked him saying rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. And he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, Who is he? He said, I do not know. They brought him, who formerly was blind, to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed and I see. Therefore some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. They said to the blind man again, What do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. 
But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he is Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, he is of age, he is of age, ask him. So they again called a man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He asked and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered him, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, why, this is a marvelous thing, that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see me may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him, then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin, but now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. John chapter 10. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. 
Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves, and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Therefore there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings, and many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a, de can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. Verses 1 through 26, John chapter 10. You've been listening to the Hour of Intercession as we've been reading through the Word of God. Father, thank you again for your Word. Thank you for the opportunity for us to open your Word and read and meditate on it every day of our lives. Father, thank you for the great grace, the great comfort, the great strength, the great encouragement that flows into our hearts and our minds and our lives as we spend time reading and meditating on your word. Father, with every passing day, more and more, open our eyes and our understanding to see the great need in our lives for us to be diligent students of your word who are reading your word daily, obeying it, and following it each and every day. Father, help us more and more to recognize that your word, amongst other things, is the sword of the Spirit. Help us to recognize that in the midst of all the spiritual warfare of life, there's a great need for us as believers to fill our hearts and our minds with your word every day, but also for us to learn to, to pray your word, 
to stand on your word, to confess the promises of your word, and to do battle with the enemy as we speak your word every single day. Father, more and more help us and teach us to live a lifestyle of speaking your word, standing on your word, meditating on your word, praying your word, and obeying your word. Help us to know that every day is a day for ministry. Every day is a day for us to be your vessel, your hands and feet, to reach out to a world, to share the gospel, to encourage others to grow up in the Lord, to show the love of Jesus, to show the mercy of Jesus, to show the loving kindness and compassion of Jesus. Help us to be about your business faithfully every day of our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Hour of Intercession as we and as we do normally do before we end the broadcast. If you are listening today and you've never made the step, the all-important step of asking Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life, today is a great day, a wonderful day to be saved. If you'd like to make that step and fully commit your heart and your life to the Lord, would you from your heart pray this prayer with me even right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so, so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived, you died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things that I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Help me to live my whole life faithfully following you. In your word, you told us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, today, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Help me to read the word faithfully every day. Help me to pray faithfully every day. Help me to obey and follow your word faithfully every day. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. And you're listening to the Hour of Intercession. If you just prayed that prayer, we invite you to email us. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We certainly want to hear from you. I'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong and deep in your walk with the Lord. Again, we definitely hope to hear from you. Please email us. Again, joseph at afr.net. And if you'd like to get a copy of the article entitled The Wonderful Ministry of the Holy Spirit, same email, joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to share it with you. And again, if you're not reading three chapters in your Bible every day, today is a great day to start that habit. And parents, today is a good day to start the habit of having your children each to read three chapters out loud to you every day as well, a habit that will bless them greatly. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.